Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? You ever have like a fast week that's also like really long at the same time? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I think yeah, I think I'm currently having one of those weeks. Me too. So yeah, because I so here here's how my week started. So Monday, normal normal day on Monday, no nothing really crazy happened. I was fairly busy, but I got a lot done. Right. And then Tuesday happens and around the lunchtime on Tuesday, I start feeling a little sick. Right. Got a little scratchy throat, a little dryness in the chest. Got a little sinus. If you guys can hear, I got like sinus pressure built up as we speak. Um, I'm hopped up on cold medicine. So I'm powering through the show. And and so Tuesday afternoon, I start feeling it. And then I get home at about five o'clock. My wife comes down the stairs. She goes, you need to take a COVID test. I'm like, why is that? She goes, because our friends who were just at their house on Saturday all day for their baby's one-year uh, birthday, um, they all have COVID, including the baby. And I was like holding – I was the one holding the baby like a lot of the time. Oh, I'm holding no. this little kid, and I'm like throwing him up in the air. We're like face-to-face. He's hugging me, uh, the whole thing, right? I'm like, oh, shit. So, and they testify, and they're like pretty badly sick, right? They're pulling through. Everybody's okay, but they were like feeling it, right? So I'm like, oh, crap. So I get – we have a COVID test in the kit, in the bathroom. So I, I take a COVID test, and I'm negative. I'm like, phew, thank God, right? But then I, I, I wake up the next morning, and I'm feeling a little bit worse. And so I texted my boss and I texted my commander because my commander and I, on Monday, we were in a two-hour meeting together where we reviewed 104 slides on a PowerPoint presentation while Monday Night Football uh, was on. Oh, so the the 49 and the 49ers are winning, right? So I'm going, I'm like going crazy, right, at this point. So we're in that meeting, but me and her were sitting next to each other. I'm like, oh shit! So I had to text her. I texted my boss and I was like, I don't really trust the home test. I'm gonna go to the clinic and I'm gonna do the walk-in test. Um, went and I did the, at the walk-in clinic and they tested me and thank God a little later that day, still tested negative. But they were like, when they told me like, oh, you tested negative, but they go, but in like two or three days, you can end up being positive. I'm like, well, what the fuck are we doing? I hate the stupid COVID shit. This COVID sucks. Um, didn't you have, when was the last time you had it? God, I hate these conversations. I, I had it in January. I so, oh, yeah, um, okay. but I've taken two tests and they're both negative. So I'm going to go with the assumption that I'm negative. Although it seems fishy that I wouldn't have it, considering my prolonged exposure to several people who've had it. Yeah, I, I can't see. I can't see how you don't. To be quite frank, yeah. um, I thought I had it earlier this fall. It turned out we had a bout of strep throat that went through the family because mm. everyone forgets there there are other things. Yeah, so they they tested me for that and tested me for RSV, and I was negative on all those things. Well, you got to have something. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's probably it's either one of those things that's going to show up on a test later, but it's probably just a cold. So I've just been oh, yeah. powering through. Yeah, those the exist. Cold, the cold still exists, and that's why I'm all hopped up on Dayquil. So miracle drug. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, my my week has been. Um, has been fast and long at the same time. So kind of weird. Same. Like um, just getting adjusted to the school stuff still. We're almost two months in to the school year, which wow. is wild to me. It's going fast. You're um, like a veteran teacher now. Uh, uh, <laughs> we, we have an institute day tomorrow, and I'm really excited about that, which means I have to go to school for a half day and listen to meetings. I don't know hmm. what they're going to be about because every time I ask, I get the, well, you know so i'm guessing bullshit so and then we have a the kids have a 40 week so we're off monday and i'm pretty excited about that i'm not gonna lie yeah so it's been between the saturday freelance gigs and and because i just don't go to school and leave at three like i'm there till about six or seven at night every night with my other responsibilities and coaching and it's just it's been a lot, man. It went from being, you know, I work at home freelance full time to I have a full time job plus, you know, and it's been yeah. a, it's been a change. Let me tell you. Yeah. <sighs> time management. Time management is a tough thing to learn. Um, <clears throat> but hey, J.D., we have uh, it's not breaking news, but I just like to hit the button. Can I hit the button? Hit the button. Breaking news. Never ask to hit that button. Always hit that button when you feel the need. <laughs> I just like it so much. Me it's so too. Cool. Yeah. Me too. Um, <laughs> so uh, last night on Wrestling Observer Radio that came out after AEW Dynamite, 
somebody who was recently on Impact, uh, we've talked about a lot here. We actually, you know, in our little group chat, we had uh, high hopes for this guy, but Bandito. Um, Dave Meltzer said that he had basically had signed a contract or that he had agreed to terms for a deal with AEW. And then earlier today, Bandito himself did an interview with Mas Lucha saying that he has not actually signed the deal and that he actually even has an offer on the table from WWE, um, which I guess we could probably rule out him ever coming back to Impact, or at least in the near future. Um but what where, what do we where do we see Bandito heading? I mean, could both deals fall through? Like, what are we looking at here? What's going on with this guy? In the same interview, he also said, "I'm probably going to sign with AEW." <laughs> yeah, he's kind of tipping his hand, right? A little bit. I think this is one of those cases where, if you want to know what's going on, right? This happens weekly. Sean Rossap, Dave Meltzer, somebody has a report. And when you're a journalist, unless you're TMZ, as we also saw last night, yeah. you get verification of reports. Like you get a you get a story, and you ask multiple sources to verify, right? And this happens, and then the wrestler will come out and say that is not true, and then legions <clears throat> of stupid people on Twitter go, yeah, yeah, and then it turns <laughs> out that it is true. It was and true the whole time. Yeah, it was true. Time. Like, remember Malachi Black saying, "I've asked my for my release from AEW. I need time." Blah blah blah. And then a couple weeks later, he has a hissy fit on Instagram Live. Says, "I'm not. I'm going to be back in AEW soon. I don't know where all this comes from." And all these goobers on Twitter, are like, "Yeah, you need to listen to him. Listen to what he says." <laughs> it's like you freaking dork, man. He's the one who said it. So I, well, I chalk this into the column of whatever a wrestler says is a lie because yeah. they're liars. So the my the funniest example of this was um, it was a couple of years ago. Um, more John Morrison left Impact. Oh right? yes, yes. And and Mike Johnson from PW Insider and I believe Meltzer too reported that John Morrison um, had signed with WWE. They're working things out, but he's going to be returning soon. And then Taya all of a sudden like tagged those guys and it was just like you guys need to check your sources and validate your sources and blah, blah, blah. And I, I remember responding to her. I was like, lady, your husband is the source. <laughs> like he's the one, like, and I, and I knew that that was the case. Like, like, no, John, John is telling people and she knows that too, but she's afraid that he's going to get in trouble for revealing his own information. So she's trying to backtrack on his behalf um, and made herself look stupid. And we all knew the truth. And sure enough, he had, showed up there you know pretty soon after that but uh that was my favorite case melissa santos also pulled that move when brian cage who i believe was still the impact champion at the time uh signed with aew she's like no 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 okay okay yeah yeah no he he had he'd actually lost it but it was Did he lost like okay. it, he, he lost it so it was after it was during hard to kill right before the pandemic right hard to kill yeah. 2020 and he goes into his match with RVD, who's back when Rob was with the Impact, and he has a torn tricep. So they actually did a squash match where RVD killed him in a couple of minutes, hit him with a Van Terminator, knocked him out, and then he ended up having the ma- having a full match with somebody else after that. I can't remember who it was, but knocked him out of the match. And then immediately, as soon as the match is over, um, it, it was SoCal Uncensored. I remember because I had my website oh, at the so time, and I was yeah. I was covering the story uh, too. SoCal Uncensored immediately after the match ends says Brian Cage uh, has signed with AEW, and everybody was like, "What?" And then he denies it, she denies it, and then of course it was true the whole time. And then he, he comes out like a year later saying he was mad at SoCal Uncensored for saying that story. I was like, "You're a liar, bro! Like you should have said nothing." That, exactly. And that's what ha- this happens repeatedly. It happens so frequently now that the fact that these goobers like, I don't know, I guess kayfabe is still alive after all. Right. Yeah. We complain they, about they, kayfabe being dead, but like these people believe everything that comes out of a wrestler's mouth. So do I think Bandito's on his way to AEW? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yep. And if he is on his way to AEW, as we have seen tonight and as has been reported, I don't think that means that Impact doesn't have a shot at getting this guy on some dates. Uh, I agree with you. I think, I, I think that this means that we actually have a – obviously, if he goes to WWE, we've got no chance. But um, if he goes to AEW, I think there is a good possibility that we can get some dates on this guy. Yeah, because Vince McMahon won't forget that you fired him like he did with Mickey James. <laughs> yeah. Get him in the Royal Rumble. Get Bandito back. Oh, wait. We never so, had him. But yeah. 
Okay, before we get into the reviewing the show, so this is such a funny story. I think Tommy oh, Dreamer told the story on Busted Open Radio or one one of the podcasts that he was on, but um, he had been let go from WWE and he was working in a TNA at the time, like TNA, TNA, right? TNA proper. Mm-hmm. And WWE had a show in Philly and they and Vince is like, well, let's book Tommy Dreamer. Where's, when's Tommy wrestling? And they go, Vince, he doesn't work here. And he goes, what? They go, yeah, Vince, you fired him. He goes, when did I do that? I thought he's been working here this whole time. He had been gone for like six months or something like that. And so he actually like demanded that somebody reach out to Tommy Dreamer to see if he could work the Philly shows. And because of the ECW stuff, and so uh, Dreamer had be like, no, I'm actually under contract to TNA. I, I le- legitimately can't work that show. <laughs> I mean, when, when you reach a certain level of wealthy and successful – you become isolated from reality. And it's not just Vince McMahon, but this happens to everybody who's super – you're a UFC fan. Mark oh, yeah. Zuckerberg bought a show. Oh. Dude, it's, uh, the funniest part of that, th- this is – so, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg bought a show. That's not even out of the realm of, like, the craziest thing that happened. So earlier in the week, right, so UFC has a show at, uh, at Apex, right, the Apex gym in Las Vegas. That's their personal gym. Mm-hmm. So – the fighters and the reporters early in the week state that Mark Zuckerberg has rented out the entire facility for him and his friends to watch a UFC. Dana White on Thursday comes out on Twitter saying, oh, Ariel Hawani is a liar. It's all bullshit. Zuckerberg didn't do that. And then they get to the show, and sure enough, there's Zuckerberg, there's Dana White, there's all his friends. He had actually done the whole thing. Like It's it's like the, the scene from Dave Chappelle right, with Rick James. Uh, saying, I didn't, you know, I didn't, why would I do that to his couch? And then he goes, oh, sh- yeah, of course I destroyed his couch because he can afford another one. It's the same bullshit. It's the same thing we're just talking about, man. Yeah. It's the same exact thing. Like reporters tell, we'll break a story <laughs> and then the source, will, and then the person will go, no, man, that's not true. And then they hope everybody forgets about it when it turns out to be true. It's, yeah. wow, that's a nice circle back, Mike. Way to put a bow on that. <laughs> Long story short, I think we have a better, I think we have a better chance I don't, you know, I'm maybe I'm on an island. This I don't know if Bandito. I think Bandito might be better as a guy who kind of comes in and comes out. I, you know what, I, I think there's something to that because you know, Ben in AEW right now they're having a lot of they're having a hard time getting everybody in on those shows, mm-hmm. and you can't push everybody at once, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of unhappy people. Um, some we know about, some we don't. I've but, heard there's not a lot of unhappy people. I heard there's some loud unhappy people, but that, there's not so there's a lot loud. Of people. Uh, there's loud, unhappy people, and a lot of them had got offers from WWE recently. But they're, you know, obviously, but not everybody can be happy with their status no. in the company because a lot of people oh, sure aren't getting be. any kind of TV time, right? Mm-hmm. So you're bringing in a Bandito, and it's just like, where where would you slot Bandito at? And me and you, I think we hold him in very high regard. Very. We would we we'd get him slotted right up there with some of the top stars, like right there in that top ten. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. But I I agree with you. I think that he's you know, he could be that guy on the indie scene, the only guy available that's kind of can available for anyone and everyone and could make as much money as possible. Well, I think he could still be that with this nice thing about an AEW contract and Bandito's a bit that's of a hustler, true. right? He likes to do kind of his own thing. And I think he's a guy that there's some guys I think that their star diminishes the more you see them, right? And I think and that, that there, yeah, I think there's limitations to cool. what Bandito can be in this country, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. speak very good English. You know, he has fantastic matches. But when you're that, and we've, I only say this because we've seen it for a, two generations now. Those guys struggle to stay relevant, uh, typically, not always, but typically on traditional American wrestling television. Yeah. So you know? it, and I think I know where you're going with this. It's better if he kind of comes in and out on AEW as opposed to I'm staying thinking. around full time. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I could agree with that. I could agree with that. And I, you know, I think uh, somebody on Twitter was saying that if he went to WWE, that he would be the next Rey Mysterio. Um, and it's you know, and I and we hold him in very high regard. And could WWE absolutely push him and do a good job pushing him with the current regime? I, I guess it's possible. Um, I, I we haven't seen it yet, other than when they pushed Andrade and NXT, but Andrade. As doesn't have the mask and he speaks a little bit better English than Bandito, um, but he did get pushed really well. I, you know, I, I think that the one of the big reasons why Ray Mysterio was so pushed A is he's amazing, but B is he's bilingual. That's that's very important. Like that's a big deal. Ray Mysterio's, a Ray Mysterio's from America. Like yeah, he's, he's from, from San, Diego. San Diego. Like he's an American, yeah. like he's a Mexican American. 
like a yeah. lot of these guys are like straight Mexicans. Like they're from Mexico yeah. and it's like, Absolutely. like look at Ray, Ray Phoenix and, and Penta. Like they're, they've been everywhere. They're fantastic. But even, even here in impact, right. Penta only had like a cup of coffee in the main event because you're limited. And like, this is the point we talked about this on Twitter. I don't, I think, I think a bandito falls short of Rey Mysterio because Rey can do so much for what WWE likes. And WWE didn't even utilize him to his fullest, let's be honest, no. over these last no. two decades. But he can do the media appearances. Like, Bandito could do that in Mexico. He really can't do that here. Now, the whole I, I disagree with this concept of the whole next Rey Mysterio. I think that's a setting someone up for failure to be the next something. Like, Rey wasn't the next Mil Mascaras, Right. Ray was the first Ray Mysterio. Like the, yeah. in the eighties and nineties, they kept looking for the next Hulk Hogan and it didn't work. Like it wound up being Steve Austin. So I think that if you're bandito should just be bandito. And I think bandito can be like, like a mill mascaras, a guy who stayed super over for decades coming in and out of places and not necessarily being around in one place that isn't Mexico all the time. Right. right. I just think I, maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of my right right now. Like it's kind of thinking, oh, have him hot run in AEW and then put him in impact for a little bit. Let him do some cool stuff like Frankie did tonight and then, you know, move him around a little bit. You know, have him showing up in places. I just don't I think that's a better use for him here. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but it's my first instinct. Yeah, well, good luck to Bandito. I hope good he makes as much money as possible. I hope he drives up the price so freaking high between those two companies. He needs to get as much money as he possibly can. Mike, how awesome would it be to have a high six, high paying six figure job, and you don't have to go to work all the time? That dude, sign me up right now. Right, all these little bitches that get these jobs and complain because <laughs> they're not, you know, they can be make they're making tons of money and they don't got to go anywhere. Like, yeah, and I they can know. still work the indie scene. Right. A lot of them in still, AEW, yeah. Like, yeah, Brian Cage. Boy, that yeah. was a great match this week. I forgot how awesome Brian Cage was. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, to impact luck, now. So we're actually it only took us 17 minutes to get into impact. Uh, Gotta get warmed up. Gotta get stretches in. <laughs> Absolutely. On uh, before the on BTI, Juice Robinson defeated Alex Zane, and <laughs> that was talking BTI, folks. Thank you. Thank you for talking BTI with us. They're making it harder. <laughs> they're, they're making it harder, but not yeah. super hard because it has no stakes. Yeah, well, no, but if they uh, if they just put out that match and not the rest of the show in a YouTube video, I'd 100% click on it. Oh, I'll watch 100%. That. I'll yeah, watch 100%. It. Yeah. Um, so is this kind of a waste of uh, juice here yes. uh, to bring him in and just have him on the pre-show? I, I was I was thinking about it. I was like, why? Because he was in a big match with Moxley right, right after this, because this was taped a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what what's the point of bringing juice in and having him on two pre-shows? And he's a manager in, and on the main show last week. And I got to thinking, I was just like, I was just reading the tea leaves. I was like, I bet Juice was just happened to be in the States and was like, hey, Impact, I'm in town. You got anything for me? And then they're like, well, we don't have anything, but, you know, you know, we'll throw you on the pre-show, get you a couple paydays. And then he just showed up and got a couple paydays. That's kind of how I see this thing. I need a Mike, Mike Gilbert conspiracy theory bumper yeah. graphic to throw together put that on the list of things i think I, you're my, i think you got I a need, point there i need a tinfoil hat that's what i really well that oh that's scary yeah. that guy that guy um i think you got something there part of me wonders too because i guess he's a free agent he's not signed full-time new japan i don't is, believe that shit for a second sorry i know people uh, keep you're right it, i don't believe it yeah. yeah you're right what did we talk about earlier but new japan's yeah. not really pushing him a whole lot right now no like, it they seemed turned like, him he- they turned him heel, and it's just like, meh, meh. Yeah, but it seemed like they were going to get a renewed push for him, right? It seemed like yeah. we were gearing up to push Juice in New Japan, and then that really didn't happen. Like, Juice has been, like, in this – man, I remember three years ago when, when he feuded with Moxley the first time. It really seemed like Juice was poised to really break out as, like, the next big American star over there, and it didn't happen. Yeah. Like, I almost think Finley surpassed him at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Finley had that great match with Osprey recently, and everybody's Did. raving about it. So, um, But yeah, uh, Juice got the win. Uh, our buddy Josiah, congrats, Josiah. He's the full-time yeah. Impact guy for Wrestling Observer now. He's going to be doing all the reviews. Um, said it was a pretty good match. Sorry, guy. And, yep, uh, now we go to the main show. Um, very cool. They opened up the graphic, a tribute uh, image for Antonio Inoki. So that was awesome. Kudos to Impact. Uh, Antonio Inoki never really had anything to do with Impact, but, you know. Um, 
That was very cool. So we go to the first match. Frankie Kazarian defeats Kenny King. Um, I thought this was a pretty good match. I thought uh, Kenny King looked a lot better than I had seen him before. The only thing I didn't really like was the finish where um, Kazarian had him in probably the weakest uh, crossface chicken wing I've ever seen in my life and tapped him out to it. But other than that, other than that I thought it was pretty good. Well, I agree with you. Um, why did Kenny King look good tonight, Mike? Because Frankie Kazarian is a hell of a worker. Correct. Yeah. Frankie Kazarian is one of the um, best, most unsung workers of his generation. Yeah. I was in the, I was in the YouTube uh, insider chat for like a little bit. I had to pause the show and come back to it later. But um, during the match, I was like, I hope Frankie Kazarian turns heel and changes his name to Francis. I don't know why. And I just, I just laughed so hard. And I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> just, to, just to see if I can get a rise out of people, but nobody did bit. it work. Did it work? <laughs> no. People, no. Uh, I think that's really funny, actually. Yeah. Um, this is why we have a show. Yeah. Yeah. I was fine. It, it was, it was fine for what it was. It got Frankie heated up a little bit for the, for Blonde for Glory. Kenny King is Kenny King. It was fine. Yeah. It was fine. It was fine. But you know what? It was awesome. It was amazing. One of the best things I've seen on Impact in a long time. The highlight video of Kazarian's time as X Division champion oh, yeah. in the past and the X Factor brackets with the tail of the tape between Bailey and Frankie Kazarian. I thought this was awesome. Agreed. Agreed. More more of that. That's more, something Impact that. can do. You know, Ring yeah. of Honor used to do that. And I always dug mm-hmm. the tail of the tape stuff. You know, it's a boxing MMA thing. And wrestling, I don't think, utilizes it nearly enough. So with Ring of Honor, who knows what the hell Ring of Honor is right now. Yeah. Um, if they're not going to do any more, uh, excuse me, Impact should absolutely be doing more of these. I like it. Their graphics part yeah. is great. It's great, yeah. And they, they used to do this X-Factor stuff when talking about X-Division title matches, and mm-hmm. so I, I'm glad that they're doing it again. I really thought this was great. It made me get more into the match, and, and otherwise it's a kind of a cold match, but they're making it about sports, right? They're, it's a, more of a sports feel to me. And if you're going to go that way, it's two baby faces going at it. Yeah, make it a sporting contest with stakes. I like that, if there's no heat. Yeah, I agree. Matches need stakes. And I think that's a big problem in pro wrestling nowadays is we don't really have an idea of what stakes really are all the time. And this just creating a little tail of the tape thing, it, it creates a sporting like atmosphere and it elevated. It makes it feel bigger than it probably is because, I mean, Frankie's not going to win that title, but it felt bigger just having that, like just having the quick little video package in the tail of the tape. Like I, I, I really liked it. I thought that uh, it's one of the more sports like things I've seen Impact do in a long time. And it really it worked for me. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, it worked big time for me. Uh, next, uh, we've got another hi- lot of highlight videos uh, just prepping us for Bound for Glory tonight. That's kind of what the show was, just a preview show for Bound for Glory. Um, uh, a highlight video for Josh Alexander, Eddie Edwards. Uh, another, I thought it was another really good, very well done video. It so was. kudos to the Impact production team there. And then another video <laughs> showing more of Mike Bailey's uh, X Division title reign. Uh, this time with Bailey doing a voiceover and uh, highlighting that he had to beat Kazarian to establish his own legacy, leaving Kazarian in the past. So good, good stuff here. So when I was watching this, I thought immediately about what you said about turning Speedball Mike Bailey into George St. Pierre. Like yeah. I didn't really, that really didn't strike me until I heard this. And I heard him talk and I'm like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Like I yeah. get it. He does sound like you put that in my head and it clicked immediately. I'm like, oh yeah, he does sound kind of like George St. Pierre. Yeah. And he needs to hit the ring on Josh Alexander one day after a title match and say, I was not impressed by your performance. He needs to, to do that. That's the famous George St. Pierre line from when Matt Hughes beat BJ Penn started this big feud between the two. They sold a ton of tickets after that. So they have to do it. Like, just like, why, why hide from it? Just go with it, man. Just like, Hey, I'm not saying copy George St. Pierre, but copy George St. Pierre. Copy just, well, Cause George St. Pierre wasn't like a hugely charismatic kind of guy, but he had this like quiet confidence that and with the the accent and the suits like you talked about, I'm like, man, Speedball should do this because he looks kind of like a dweeb with the hair and the Power Ranger esque gi that he wears to the ring. This would be a much better vibe for him, especially in a TV promotion. Like, I'm like well, you when I heard that, I'm like, oh, Mike's right. Mike hit the nail on the head. Yeah. This is what you do with Speedball. Yeah, and so George St. Pierre would come to the ring in a gi, in a karate gi, mm-hmm. and he would wear the bandana and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry about that. He would sure. wear the bandana and. And then you knew it was time to fucking wreck shop. Uh, it was awesome. George Cepier mm-hmm. was great. It was great. So, yeah. Yeah. Speedball still, definitely needs to do that. Still liberally. Yes. Big fan. Absolutely. 
Um, next, we got uh, oh, Mickey James joined commentary, uh, the commentary booth for Mia Yim's match. Um, Mommy James. Uh, Mia Yim <laughs> defeated Giselle Shaw uh, <laughs> with it, uh, uh, in a pretty good match here. I, I really liked it. Mia Yim has been impressive, and so has Giselle Shaw. I think they got something with uh, Giselle here. But mm-hmm. uh, pretty good match, a little face-off at the end there. What would you think? I think Mia Yim's underrated, to be quite honest with you. Like, I think she's a much – I think she's had a – um. Not just here, but I mean, for a while now, like going back to some WWE stuff, I think she's had a good stretch of matches with some varied talent. I think she's very talented and uh, underrated, like I was saying before. I think, I think Miam's pretty damn good. Yeah, me too. Um, so and Giselle's good. Aired- Yes, GSL is very good. A video aired for the Call Your Shot Gauntlet uh, highlighting the previous winners and rules of the match. I thought this was actually pretty effective. Um, and now, so. You know, now that Moose actually cashed it in immediately and won the title, now it makes this match a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people they've announced, other than Swinger, obviously, but a lot of the people they've announced for this match are like bigger in this realm, right? In Impact's world, right? They're a little bit big. So you got Moose and Callahan and Macklin and um, and all these guys, Rich Swan's in it, PCO's in it, and now you got some of the female performers. So now this becomes like more important that you know it could anybody could win it, anybody can cash in on anybody at any time. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know, I disagree with the, getting the knockouts involved. I don't feel like it's more important getting that. I just don't. I I don't believe they can win. You know, I think that's where it comes to me is I don't believe like do if you pro intergender, anti intergender, whatever. I don't believe that they can win this position. If I'm wrong, I'll, I'll eat my words, but I just, it just feels like we're putting, they're putting in there because we don't have enough people on the roster. Or they're just trying to get everybody on TV and they didn't, yeah. you know? Yeah. Right. That's what it feels so, like. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I, I can see that. Yeah. As of right now, no woman has ever won it. And I don't see any woman in this match winning it. I just don't see anybody that, you know, I, I, yeah. I just don't see it. So um, I, I, I see your point there. I agree with that. Um, a video aired of the – this is from Josiah. A video aired of the terrible finish with Killer Kelly choking out the referee when she faced Tasha Steeles, uh, saying that she was going to be the call-your shot. Gauntlet, as she was trying uh, – she was sitting on a red couch in a creepy red room. Steeles and Savannah Evans attacked her while the production crew filming her stood on. I like this until that happened. I, I it's like do I have okay, to, look. It's a, do I got to do I got to bury Josiah? Do I got to bury on. the the preacher? Do I got to bury the preacher? Bury, bury Pastor Josiah. Yes, please. like I I love you, Josiah, but uh, it's so funny because <laughs> I I don't feel I don't feel like the um I don't feel like the intended effect on what this was supposed to be landed with our friend Josiah. Like no, this is more Killer <laughs> Kelly being semi-erotic when it comes to all the wrestling stuff like it wasn't just like a red couch in a red room it was like a red light special room right yeah, like that's yeah, kind of that's yeah, that's yeah. where we're going and by the way it works for me love all these <laughs> st- love this whole thing i thought it was great um yeah. i thought i did like i thought the finish was pretty good last week to be honest with you like a, a referee uh, caught it caught someone cheating for one you know like that yeah. was fine. It didn't. It didn't bother me at all. <laughs> it no. was a pre-show match, and right, you know, it was starting to establish that Killer Keller is kind of crazy. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's story. That was st- stuff has to happen for story. Not everything can be for sport. And I like and we've made these videos for a while. Killer Kelly is um something in these things, and then uh, Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans busted into her special space and beat the hell out of her. I'm like, yeah, all right, way to break the third wall or the fourth wall a little bit. This was yeah, this was great. I thought this entire sequence I, was really good. I literally loved every single second of this whole thing. Me too. <laughs> I loved it. Was great. Loved Just every hard second. disagree. Hard disagree. Just hard. Hard. Get your stuff together, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, buddy. All right. Uh, video showed Raven's debut at Impact Wrestling back in 03. Uh, cool uh, look. I really liked the Raven-Jeff Jarrett feud from uh, 2003. Uh, that was pretty cool. It was chaotic, too. I think there was a lot of uh, backstage antics Tons. Uh, back in the day. Yeah, Tons. They should have put the title on him when he was hot, right? That was they like the have. hottest Raven. Yeah. I think that was the hottest Raven ever was, aside from you know the mm-hmm. early ECW stuff. Like early, That was a great yeah. That was a great feud. And I forgot how great Raven's DDT was. Just seeing him hit that on Jared again. I'm like, that's right. The even mm-hmm. flow was really good. Like, and he put his own yeah. spin on it. Like, yeah, it's good. Good move. 97 going into 98, Raven with the flock. He was pretty hot. And then I think losing the title to Goldberg, Goldberg. killed his momentum. And he sure. never got it back. He ended up leaving, I think, like a year later. So, Yeah, you're right. It was... 
Yeah. But it's that WC that 98 WCW, he was sabotage, you know, it was, he was sabotage. Yeah. But this, like in ECW, they like embraced him. And then I felt like TNA really embraced him too. But they just, they could have gone all the way with him, but they just didn't. And I think that was, yeah. a, you know, 20 years later. But I think it's still a little short sighted. I think they should have at the time. Um, just a note from Josiah, he said that the Ravens match with Jeff Jarrett for the TNA title was his uh, first ever TNA show that he ever watched. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Brian Myers is walking backstage talking about how he was going to defend his title in an open challenge tomorrow night. And some weird dude that's been hanging out with Eric Young walked in to yell. Delirious screamed at him about the Twilight Zone and other gibberish, which was better promo than many can cut. Uh, man, he really likes Delirious. <laughs> yeah, he's way bigger. He's way higher in Delirious than I am. I'll say that. Although yeah. I do, and then it, I do like the Delirious yeah. promo because he's he's yeah. so good at doing whatever that is that Delirious is. So I'll, right. I'll acquiesce to that. Yeah, and then Myers then yelled at a random woman because he thought she was the agent for Black Tarus. So a lot of random stuff happened here. I maybe it's the whole thing made me chuckle. I think Eric Young's yeah. recruiting a Krispy Kreme for most of his like followers. <laughs> yeah, they're on that uh, Sam Callahan diet. Uh, <laughs> was someone in the chat when they announced Sammy was be the referee? Someone in the chat put a picture of a fat zebra in there, and I, I'm, Sir, in, I'm in class trying not to laugh, and I'm like biting my tongue, literally Sir, trying that was, not to lose. Who was that? That was that was me. Was that you? <laughs> yeah. Good sir. I tip my cap to you because uh, I almost got so, fired. It was so well, funny. I had the line queued up. Um, so now I'm gonna still hit my line that I was gonna that oh, I was gonna sorry. hit. So as I announce this next match, even though you've already spoiled it, I did. Um, I'm sorry. I did, we never okay. planned, so these things happen. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Macklin defeated Moose uh, with special ref uh, Sam McCallahan looking like a diabetic zebra. <laughs> I've been holding on to that damn joke the whole show, man. <laughs> it's good. It's still good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry I stole your thunder. I didn't realize you, were, you had a bit planned. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I just had the bit planned in my own head. Nobody knows about it. But uh, going to let uh, your partner in on the bits, man, so I can work with bad, you. My bad, my <laughs> bad. <laughs> uh, so uh this was a lot of uh just kind of a lot of the focus was on just macklin and moose just kept beating each other up and Gaga. Uh, Calli- Gaga. Callahan, yeah callahan just kept getting the attention on himself being a bad referee and mm-hmm. uh then eventually he just uh pile drived them both and then uh macklin pinned moose so there you go yeah it was it was pretty much Gaga. i didn't hate it i, I thought it was no. interesting yeah, it was just like uh, the feud's still not over, so I wonder how they're going to end this feud because it's been going on a little while. But um, this is fine. I can live with this stuff on a television show, right? In a pro wrestling oh, yeah. TV show, you need chapters to progress the story along. And this stuff, this is fine. Like this is hardly the end of this feud, and it's it's whatever. D- am I going to remember this three months from now? No. But I mean, does it get me closer to Bound for Glory? Yeah, that's fine. No qualms. Yeah, and then all, all three are in the Bound for Glory gauntlet. So I think that uh, we'll we'll get like some kind of payoff at the next uh, the next uh, pay per view or premium live event. Um, <clears throat> so Shogun, Jack Price, and Jason Hodge—they're like three of gut check winners. They're like the young boys of Impact, I guess. Cutting a promo, talking about how they're trying to get into the Collier Shot gauntlet. Hey, bad. And uh, was that a oh, bad? Hey, yeah, bad Shogun promo. was bad. Shogun is like this creepy, scary guy, and then all of a sudden he's like talking like a normal dude. I'm like, what are we doing, guys? Talking like, like a Shogun's- normal dude that refers to himself in the third person is weird. Yeah. This whole thing was weird. He's got this yeah. very 1980s, like, or, like not even the good 1980s stuff vibe to him. Like, I don't know. This whole thing was not good until until so they uh eventually uh one of the guys uh hotch went into the room to uh to scott demore's office to say that he wanted to be in the call your shot gauntlet and then joe hendry's music comes out and they do the whole dancing routine and the number and i loved every second of it uh, yes, I thought sir. this was fantastic i believe in joe hendry i think they should uh, let him win and put the belt on him <laughs> you know what makes it you know what makes it it's the involuntary clapping right yeah. when everybody claps they they're like why did I do that? Like it's it's yeah. great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, when the music kicks in, they they have to clap. They can't uh-huh. not clap. It's they so funny. They can't not do it. It's like that movie. It's like that new smile movie. Like you can't not do it. Like it's just it's with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just I can't wait till he's actually doing like stuff in this promotion and actually part of the uh the continuity, so to say. Um yeah. what do you think about well, what do you he, think about these young boys? 
Ah, uh, you know what? So I've seen Shogun Russell, and I I like I like what he does. I like like he, he has his whole face painted, and he's got the mm-hmm. big Kamala mask and the the old kind of like a Japanese um, samurai a robe. I think everything about it. And then I heard the guy talk, and I'm like, okay, maybe he needs a manager and just be scary looking and fuck people up. Like, what? Are, why are we in a backstage segment with this guy? Uh, the other two guys, I'm not really all that familiar with. I just saw them get squashed a couple weeks ago by uh, the Bullet Club, and that was it. So, um, Muse, but I, Muse, I know that the yeah, yeah Muse, Muse is real big on Hotch. He's yeah. big, big Hotch fan. Yeah, I've never seen the guy work personally. Yeah, uh, other other than the pre-show on uh, Bound for uh, Victory Road, I've never I seen him work. Forgot that that even happened. It made such a little impact on impact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely um, don't have, definitely don't have COVID. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, next we go to so Taya Valkyrie and Jessica. Speaking of sick, um, th- check this out. Their new tag name is the Death Dolls. I fucking love that name, dude. That is such a cool name, the Death Dolls. I don't know why I like it, but I'm like it's so much better than Decay. Uh, Jessica, Taya, and uh, Rosemary are called the Death Dolls now. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. As long as Rosemary's still involved in it too, like because she's she got to have that depth. If it's just the two of them, I don't think it works. But having Rosemary as like a Freebird style thing, yeah, I'm okay. I'm on board. I mean, I think it's honestly, honestly, I think it's time to t- retire Decay. Uh, yeah. So I I had okay. high hopes for the tag team like Crazy Steve and Torus, but it's just not working out. And looks like they're doing something with Torus. So, well, and that's a Billy Corrigan creation, right? Like that was Abyss yeah. and Crazy Steve and and Rosemary. And then the reboot Decay just hasn't quite worked for me, right? Rosemary's kind of better. I think she's better doing this stuff than yeah, being involved with Decay. I think it's time. I think it's time to retire that gimmick. I mean, it's a it's something from a bygone era in this company that I just don't think is working right now. Um, sell it to uh, sell it to Corrigan just to do, do a trade. I don't think they have anything that we want over there in the NWA, but sell sell it to Corrigan. I have I have thoughts on that later. I'll hold oh, off. Oh, oh, okay. Um, but anyway, they defeated uh, the Swingerellas. Uh, Swingerellas, uh, interesting look. Uh, I think they have to uh, blow into their steering wheel before they drive to the shows here. Um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Did you catch? Did you catch what Johnny Swinger was going to the ring in? Oh, remind me. It was one of those like, um, remember the ring carts from WrestleMania three? Oh they had, yes, like, yes, traveling yes. ring. He had like a miniature version <laughs> yeah. of it that almost looked like a shopping cart. Well, and, he's uh, been Zicky was coming, pushing in. Yeah, he's been coming to the ring in that since the uh, gauntlet for the gold. I know, but it struck me tonight what it was. Like I don't know <laughs> yeah. what it was, but tonight it, the bell rang in my head. I'm like, oh, that's the WrestleMania yeah. three ring cart. Like again, the Johnny mm-hmm. Swinger stuff. You you got to be paying attention to some of this stuff because it'll go over <laughs> your head. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Jim Miller talked to Vexed and Prazo and Green indicated the so there uh, he's underselling this. Josiah is underselling this. So Jim Miller goes to talk to Vexed, and Chelsea Green goes, "What do you want, you walking stick of butter?" <laughs> what a line because <laughs> she's wearing this yellow dress yeah right and it yeah. was perfect i i and then literally stopped I lo- what i was doing and laughed it was hilarious yeah. and then after the interview was they said a bunch of words they're gonna beat people up yada, yada yada but then after the interview was over chelsea goes get out of here we're lactose intolerant <laughs> Like, oh, she's so great. Chelsea's firing on all cylinders right now, man. Her promo game has really gotten good. Like this was, she's such a bitch. I love it. Yeah, she's she so is. great yeah, at it. She's great. Yeah, she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we got Alex Shelley defeating Matt Taven. Um, in a in a good match, they had some Gaga, but it was a good match. You know, got some outside interference, but they're building up a tag team match so that makes sense. Um, I really enjoyed the match. Um, I gotta say, you know what? Matt Taven's a lot better than people give him credit for. I think oh, he yeah. had a bad rap back then. I think he's great. I uh, really, really dug this. People are blaming him for like the fall of Ring of Honor when Delirious is the fall of Ring of Honor. And, Sin- <laughs> yeah. and Sinclair just not giving a shit. Um, but Matt Taven, I mean, in retrospect, everybody wanted Marty Skrull to be the champion. And they kept yeah. the belt on Taven. And people are like, oh my God, it's the end of Ring of Honor. And then Marty Skrull turned out to be a rapist. So maybe they weren't wrong yeah. on that one. No, no, and he was overrated anyway. Super oh, overrated. Girl. The whole the chicken yeah. thing and breaking was, of the fingers. Oh, he was a one trick pony. Yeah, big time. He's one had, trick pony. 
that is the dude who got famous because he had the right friends. Yeah. Because he's not that yep. good. Like, of all the guys that come out of the British scene, that dude leapfrogged everybody for quite a while. And I get he's got some charisma. I'll give that to him. But, like, he, he does. He's not, that, he's not that good. Like, and that's why he's disappeared from the wrestling scene and nobody cares because he wasn't that yeah. good. No, because like, and I don't want to get into the the seriousness of his of his allegation, right? Because they are they are serious. But what he technically what he's being accused of was not illegal. So I I think that if he were somebody that people had an affection for and that was a lot more talented, he might have popped up eventually. But he just hasn't. So um, there, there's an argument, and I'm not going to argue that point. I I think the guy should be gone. Fuck him you know, get rid of him forever. But there are people that are on his side that are arguing on his behalf because of the league legal situation in the UK. We don't need to get into that. That's probably La- too deep for us. Laws are different over there. Whatever. That's yeah. neither here nor there. Uh, let's just be real. He sucks. Like who cares? Like yeah. Matt Taven was the right choice. And yep. ring of honors had a bad business model at the time. And he, I think he's right at home here at impact, but I hope yeah. they resign the kingdom because I think they're, uh, we have no tag team division without yeah. them. I do, man, but this next segment makes me think that they might not. I know. So a, a video uh, of Eddie Edwards getting into the face of Josh Alexander when he's being interviewed by Tom Hannafin aired. Um, Alicia Edwards came up to uh, br- help try to break up the, the confrontation. She came up to Eddie and said that uh, this obsession needed to end. If uh, she he doesn't end his obsession, that they were going to be over. Um, Josiah here smells a swerve here with Alicia joining on it more after low blowing Josh Alexander or something like that. So he's predicting that Alicia turns heel, uh, which I, I think, you know, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Um, but it kind of made me think that, uh, they're not resigning the kingdom and that would be sad for me because I like the kingdom. I see both sides of it. My thought, my initial thought was a swerve because I think Eddie's yeah. just better in this role. Quite frankly, um, we talked about stakes earlier. Right. And we've also talked for weeks about how this match is actually pretty cold going into bound for. Yeah. Right. This match is way colder than it should be. And I think it's a little late, but I like that they added something to it. Right. More than Mm -hmm. just because Eddie's it's been weird. Like he want they want him to get Josh to join. But why would they why do they need Josh if Eddie wants the title? Like the, the messaging in this whole feud has been really off. I like tonight. I thought Lish did a pretty good job. Like. When she's asked to do stuff like this, she's usually not too bad. Um, yeah. And her and Eddie do have a pretty good – I mean, which is odd because sometimes you don't have great chemistry with your, with your significant other on camera. They do. They have actually really good chemistry. So um, I think this could go somewhere. I'm not sure where they wind up going with it. I didn't, I didn't think about that being a harbinger of the kingdom, possibly not sticking around, but it's definitely possible. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, I don't know what to think about it. There's been some scuttlebutt online that they might not get signed. They're not part of any of the uh, sign the autograph signings before or after Bound for Glory. So who mm-hmm. who knows what's gonna who knows what's gonna happen? I mean, they could they could strike a deal this weekend. Could, um, I I don't see them fitting in up in AEW unless um unless where? it really is a Ring of Honor. Yeah, unless it really is a Ring of Honor roster, I just don't see where they'd fit in on AEW. Yeah. And they've been there. Uh, Bennett's been there, done that with WWE. I don't see him going back there. So no. Like everyone's like, oh, Maria can go back. They heard Triple H had this great. Relationship. I'm like, how? I don't know. That did not go well. Like I don't know if everybody really paid attention. The Bennett's run in WWE was not um, positive, right? Of no. anything. I don't think she's going back, but I think she's trying to. Ang- <coughs> I think she really wants to be the Women of Honor, or whatever Women's Booker for Ring of Honor or AEW. Um, we have a mutual friend. I won't name. I won't out them. Who's like, where is this idea coming from that Maria can book? And I kind of agree. I I know where it's coming from. It's coming from Maria. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, I know that. (laughs) Well, I get that. She's she's actually done a really good job of, I agree. Yes, yes. She's done a real good job of creating a little bit of a movement around that. But where is this idea amongst the fandom? Because she booked a tournament and put the best person over? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I mean, like. I get the idea of wanting representation everywhere and wanting people to tell those stories, but just because you know who they are, doesn't make them a good booker. Right. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. Uh, and, and maybe she is, I, I, I maybe I she is. No, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but a lot of people are, you know, uh, 
fighting. Fighting's a strong word. A lot of people are saying online that she should advocating. get a shot. Advocating. Advocating yeah. for her. Yeah. yeah. And Mar- Maria is out there putting her name out there, trying to get people to advocate for her. And you know what? More power to you, Maria. Go get paid. Correct. You know, if I it think- works out for you, great. Um, I, you know, I could care less. Do you, I mean, yeah, me too. Um, I hope this doesn't, because I just don't see them, I just don't see the kingdom fitting in AEW right now. They're overloaded as it is, and Tony Khan said that if you want Ring of Honor, Warner likes these Ring of Honor pay-per-views, and that's probably, and he's like, and that's probably the best way we get TV. So he's basically saying we need to sell more ROH pay-per-views if you want to get an ROH TV show. That doesn't sound to me like there's a lot of room, you know? Like, no, I think that would be a bad career decision for them. Maybe if you wait till they have a show, sure, okay. But now, I think that's a bad move. I would, I would, mm-hmm. as their lawyer, I would tell them not to do that. Well, I would tell them to go wherever they get paid the most money, and if Impact's not going to be that place, go somewhere else. Fair, um, but fair. Yeah. I just don't know where else yeah. that's going to be. <clears throat> yeah, those guys ain't getting any younger. They're probably, they got to be in their mid thirties by now. It's like go uh... get, go get as much money while you can and put it away. Maybe they're going to work that's for Freddie Prince. He made an offer to Bray Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, 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 that guy. Um, <laughs> I'm also making a creative offer to Bray Wyatt. Bray, would you right. like to yeah, come Bray. on our show? Yeah, we need someone to be our producer for free. That way, we can yeah. get someone to click the graphic button that I always forget to click. So I Here's... quit loading the graphics part. <laughs> Here is our creative offer to you. It has just about as much value as Freddie Prince's does. <laughs> yeah, fucking Shaggy. Okay. Um, he was Freddie. To be fair, Freddie. Freddie. Sorry. Um, the show closed with the contract signing, uh, the Ugh. second contract signing in three weeks and the third in three months, uh, between Masha and Jordan Grace. Um, I didn't think this was great. I thought Jordan, what she said was good. I thought her delivery was good. And then I liked that Masha just said, Masha's going to kill you, flip the table over. Uh, but I've seen this a million times, so it was what it was. The table must have weighed 8,000 pounds because Jordan Grace is <laughs> strong as a bull could not push a table off of her after Masha flipped it over <laughs> onto her. I don't know. I, I did not like this. It's I just want to get rid of contract signings in professional wrestling right now. Impact has really leaned into them real hard as of late. And they're all the same. They sign the contract, they get into a fight, they say so they say they sign the contract, they talk shit, they get into a fight. I mean, do something different. Do a weigh-in, but not on the ring. That was a bad idea. Do right. press like a conference. press conference. Do yeah. something. Something different like these contract signings are so played out and they're all the same man a table's gonna yeah. break you know it's just come on be creative someone said scott book scott demora should be booker of the year and i was like do you watch the show like it's not a Look, bad show but i ain't calling him booker no. of the year no the, the the tv show is always you know decently good um it's very it's always decent pay, yep yeah pay, pay by numbers it's it's mm-hmm. a safe they safe storylines mm-hmm. the premium live events are always very good like every yes. single one this year, I've been very happy with. I've not yes. been disappointed one bit, and there were a few of them that were quite spectacular. Um, but I just don't think you can be Booker of the Year if uh, you know your second biggest pay per view of the year only draws five hundred fans. Um, you know what I mean? And, and if the business metrics are going down, you know what I mean. And and your your world title program is super cold. And who's next? Yeah. Right? Yeah. We have no one. This call your shot thing has to produce the next challenger, and I don't know who that's going to be. Well, save that for our preview. So we're going to go ahead and get into our Bound for Glory preview. So it's um, Bound for Glory takes place uh, tomorrow night, for, or I guess it will be, if you're listening to this, probably tonight on um, pay-per-view in Albany, New York. Um, you know, the ticket sales, they sold all, all the reserve seats, so it's only general admission left, and they, they were actually giving away some tickets. They had some contests online. Uh, there's one contest where if you go in front of the building and take a picture, they'll give you a free ticket. It never works. So naturally, I Photoshopped Scott Demore in front of it, and uh, BQ God, Photoshopped. Funny. Yeah, BQ photoshopped Alberto Del Rio, which was even better, I thought. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> that, that thing, I, I always check that every time they do it, and literally no one answers it. Brady, Brady Childs entered it one time, right? They never got back to him. And so Brady goes, what should I do? And I go, just go. Just go to the and walk in. I was like, no one bought tickets to that show. It was in New Orleans. I go, go, just walk in. And sure enough, he goes, security stops him. He goes, oh, here, no, look, I entered this contest. He showed his phone, the tweet, and they go, okay, come on in. And they just gave him a free ticket. No big deal. I walk. I, I remember I went through Ross to get those free tickets to Skyway Studios last year, and I was about 15 minutes late for the show, and I just walked in <clears> and nobody <throat> said a word to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Impact Security is – 
Well, put it this way: Impact Security could guard the NXT parking lot with how dang- with how lapsedaisical <laughs> it is. It's non-existent. Yeah, but I'm hoping they have a full house and a loud house. Um, they will. And, the Impact uh, fans are good. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The Impact fans are always pretty, especially for these uh, big shows. They mm-hmm. always show up and show out. So, uh, on the pre-show, they have a Brian Myers Open Challenge for the Di- Impact Digital Media Championship. Who are we predicting uh, answers this challenge? I'll let you go first. I'm thinking. The obvious answer would kind of be Cardona, but I don't think they waste him on that. <clears throat> no, I don't think so. I mean, I guess you could. It has go to be Gu- a blue, blue check mark, blue check mark. Gujar's in the call your shot gauntlet, by the way. Yeah, you can double up. I mean, like, I don't know. I have no vibe for who could show up. Swoggle, like, <laughs> yes, sure, so. I'll say Swoggle. Swoggle. <laughs> I care okay, so little will... about this title. Whatever. All right. Uh, since you said Swoggle, he's who's a blue check. I'm gonna go Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt answers the challenge. Same guy. Continue. Same. Marco Stunt's uh, about six inches taller, and he's still very, very short. So, uh, Marco Stunt is my pick. Um, and then also on the pre-show, uh, Raven inducted into the Hall of Fame. So, uh, or indicted into the Hall of Fame, however you want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> inducted is the word, but indicted is oh, way yeah. funnier. You know, Marco Stunt <laughs> destroyed his career by doing a dildo to the mouth spot at a GCW show. If people what could a have dipshit, if <laughs> there's certain moments in your life you could look back and go, maybe this was the wrong decision. <laughs> like, yeah, cost yourself a six figure job there. <clears throat> You big stupid dummy! I can't believe that. <laughs> um, and then we, we go into the main card. Uh, we got the Kingdom versus the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, I'll I'll go first on this one. I'm picking the Guns because I just have no confidence that the Kingdom are sticking around. Machine Guns, guns for uh, JD. Oh, where this, this is radio this a podcast? This is not. Yeah. I was thinking video. I did the hand thing oh, that the Guns do. We're, oh, no. We gotta we gotta do both, sir. We gotta do both. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I forgot we double up. Yeah, we're doing. I'm going the guns. It's uh, it's their time. They've been great since getting back together. I feel like they have, they're yeah. hotter than they've been in a long time in this company. It's time to put the belts back on them. Yeah, the only problem is, is that what do you do? Where do you go next? You know, there's no. There, uh, we don't have a division. <laughs> that's it. It's it's literally Kingdom, the Machine Guns, and Bullet Club. Three tag teams. That's all gonna, we got. So they're gonna feud. Here's what they're <clears> gonna do. They're gonna feud with Austin and Bay, and the matches are gonna be really good. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that. So. Me too. I mean, that's can't be can't be mad at that. No, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, like it is what it is. There's just it's hard to have a tag team division when you have no tag teams, and that's on them. Like there aren't independent tag teams out there. They should just be bringing guys in for shots. Just work a program because we both we batch tape everything. So just bring in some <clears> guys, work some stuff, and try to find something. Right? It's yeah. I don't know. It's just uh, stuff like that's kind of disappointing. Yep, I feel you. Uh, the Death Dolls, Valkyrie and Jessica uh, versus Vexed for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship. Who you got? I want to say the Death Dolls because I think that's working, but I don't know if they're going to switch because I think it's, I'm feeling a lot of title changes, and I don't think it's – I think the Death Dolls are over, but I don't think it's mm-hmm. time to take the belts off of Vexed. So – Initially, I'm thinking Death Dolls, but the head says Vexed. I think the titles stay with Vexed. Okay, I'm going to brace for debate. I'm going to go uh, Death Dolls. I mean, I, I I get it. I get why. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Mickey James versus Mia Yim. A career match for Mickey James. Uh, who you got? I win. That's who wins. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm going to Mickey. Yeah, I'm going Mickey because I don't think that uh, they're going to end her career this early. So yeah. Mia's taking a lot of L's in, in this promotion. M- but... Mia, her contract expires after the this weekend, so we'll we'll see. That that is a pri- honestly, she's a priority resigning in my opinion because like I, you can't you can't boast that you have the the great knockouts division if you're letting one of your best performers go. And realistically, she's better at this point of the game than Mickey James is. Like she's going, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna say she's gonna carry Mickey to a good match, but Mickey is not what Mickey was six, seven years ago. So she's gonna kind of she's gonna get a good match out of Mickey James. Mia's really good. She should be in the title picture again. hundred percent. Uh speedball versus uh, Frankie Kazarian. Uh, I'm taking speedball. I think it was the safest bet on the show. Yeah, it's gonna be a great yeah. match, but yeah, speedball. Oh. Absolutely. Uh, call your shot gauntlet. So this is going to be fun. So, okay, here we have two predictions of what we're going to do, okay? You ready for this? Okay, we're going to pick who the winner is, okay? And there's five open spots, okay? So they already have 15 names, and I'm not going to read off all the names. Um, 
but there's five open spots. So give me your pick to win and give me your five open spots. Five people, anybody, anywhere. I'm going to give you my five open spots because my pick to win is coming from those five open spots. Ooh, I like it. I'm going to go with... I'm drawing a blank. How about we do one pick and one pick? I pick one. Okay, pick okay. Seven. Let's do that. Oh, and then you pick first. Okay, okay. All right. So I'm. Oh, so we'll do. We'll do. We'll pick the five open spots, and then after we'll do the winners. We'll pick our winners. Oh, okay? I like that. Okay. okay. My my first pick, Matt Cardona. Oh yeah. Um, fuck you. I should have just done. Well, it. Oh. you can pick the same guy. It's, it's like no, it's there's only fun. like a small pool. Okay, okay. We're gonna do a draft. We'll do draft yeah, style. Yeah, we'll okay. draft style. Trevor Murdoch. Okay. That's not gonna happen. No, is that who you're picking? I'll pick Trevor Murdoch. Okay, uh, pick number two for me, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> you, th- I was not prepared for that. Uh, Raven. Oh, you think is he even healthy enough? Can he do it? He'll come out and do a DDT. Like they'll wheel him in and wheel him out. Yeah. Uh, pick number three, Tommy Dreamer. Pick number three, War Horse for a debut. Oh, okay. Oh, to that point, our friend John Muse will like this pick. My next pick, the one called Manders. Oh, I like that pick. Good call. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's actually a reasonable pick. That's actually, yeah, I'm on board with that. Nice call. Nice that's, so that's my number four. Number four. Uh, number four, Jake something in a comeback. Oh, fuck you. That's a good one. God damn it, JD. I had a good one. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to go. Speaking of comeback, so Scott DeMore said we t- we were looking at some returns and debuts uh, with some of these picks. I think, if, you know, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that Austin and Bay are going to take two of the spots. I just, I don't know that for a fact. I just think it's true. And let's start on the pre show. But sticking with the fact that it might be surprises, they always pull the shit with us every year. Last year, they, they had five open spots. Turns out the only two surprises were Rocky Romero and the goddamn Kiss Demon. But we'll play along. Um, my fifth and final spot. Johnny Impact, John Morrison. That'd be a good one. Yeah, that'd be a good one. I'm gonna go with the man who was on the pre-show today. I'm gonna go with Juice Robinson. Hey, that's a good one. I I dig that. Is there no show in Japan this weekend? I know Kushida was supposed to be on one. I don't. Even if there is, it doesn't mean he can't be on it. So mm-hmm. I mean, he's a U.S. based <clears throat> talent who's not actively. In, I mean, they don't bring guys over for every tour. So yeah, I think I think Juice is working the U.S. stuff because he's not booked a lot. That's true. Uh, all right, so who's your pick to win the Call Your Shot gauntlet? Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona. That's who I'm picking, too. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Cardona wins it and uh, eventually just cashes it in, uh, is what I'm thinking, um, and becomes the champion. So. I agree. I think there's nobody else. Nobody else. We, we reach a spot. In, John, I like this. Muse. Um, we've reached a spot in this promotion where no one is lined up to be the next challenger, right? Macklin and Moose are in this, like, eternal death circle with Sammy Callahan where no one's getting out of it. They're on the, the pain merry-go-round and they're stuck and nobody else is in a spot where they can be legitimately taken seriously as a legit contender. So the only way to overcome that is to bring in somebody, right? You got to bring somebody in from the outside to get that interest going. The only person I see that working <coughs> right now is the dude who was super over everywhere else, but impact last time he was here. And that's because they weren't utilizing him to his extent. Matt Cardona was the hottest name on the Indies before he tore his bicep. He was doing yeah. the work of his career as the GCW champion. He truly found his niche in this promotion. And that's being just a dork, right? Yeah. Being the Zack Ryder character with a wink and a nod, right? I think in this promotion against a hard ass, like Josh Alexander, I think it can work really, really well. That is my prediction. Matt Cardona wins the call your shot and has a uh, a pretty good feud with Josh. I, you know, I'll go even. I'll one up your prediction. So not only will Matt Please. Cardona win it, um, I think he uh, he's not going to cash it in at Bound for Glory. I don't think he cashes it on no. the same night because we we just did that last year. I I think he cashes it in the next night. The very, wow. Literally the very next night. So here's here's what I would do. And I pitched well, this to John and I, and I pitched it to you. And this could be fluid, but what I would do is on Saturday morning, Matt Cardona, or Saturday during the day, he should say, on Twitter, tweet out, I'm cashing in my Call Your Shot Gauntlet trophy tonight, and I'm going to win the title. 
and get people buzzing, get maybe get some people that are actually going to go to the show, thinking they're going to get a title change. And then Josh defends his title against somebody, and a ruckus happens, and then Cardona cashes in at that point and wins the title. That's what I would do. Um, I like that. I don't think it fits the Cardona character to call it out. I think they should set up another title match between somebody that we could have interest in, right? Someone, let's say, say, uh, uh, Frankie Kazarian or, you know, Alex Shelley in a rematch, something like that, that we think Josh is going to come out of. Then Cardona could do it. Why? Because that's, that's exactly what WWE would do. That's why. So, no, exactly. that, no. That's what I was saying. So Josh is defending. Yeah, Josh is defending the title, and then while that match is happening, chaos ensues, and then Cardona cashes in. I thought you said Cardona would would call him out on Twitter, so I misunderstood you. My no Cardona. No Cardona saying I'm going to cash it in. That doesn't mean he's going to challenge. He's just going to say, "I know the cash in's happening tonight," but that doesn't mean he's going to be booked for the match. You know what I mean? He's going to advertise it, and then and then he does it. I get what you're saying. I think it would be. Better for the Cardona character. One, I don't see him as being that kind of guy to call that out. Two, I think it'd be better for the character if he did it straight up WWE style because that's what that's the Macardona character is right. is literally WWE guy. So he would do it just like the Money in the Bank briefcase thing. So that's but yeah, I think we're on the same page. I think that would be yeah. great. That would be a great way to do it. And then to it's yeah. Josh Beck and Chase move, which I think was where Josh is at its best, to be honest yeah. with you. And then we kind of reset the company a little yeah. bit right after Gone for Glory. We go immediately into a reset. We need a, a new, yeah, a new heel champion that that brings up a ton of new challengers. He's he's still like Cardona before he got hurt was feuding with Rich Swan. You you can heat up Rich Swan to get a title shot if these predictions that we've made about these baby faces coming in. You know you got Bobby Fish. You know who's here now and you know could you heat him up for a title shot? You got mm-hmm. if Johnny Impact. You know. Matt Cardona and Johnny Impact, that's, uh, you know, like, that's a WWE light match, but, you know, that that could get a little bit of buzz. You know, you could do a lot of stuff with Cardona as a heel. I think you could do some fun stuff because Cardona's got his his figure money, his toy figure money. I think he could put, I think, I think you should go straight up Memphis and have him put a bounty on Josh Alexander's head. And then we could do similar what we did last year, but have a reason for people trying to keep Josh away from the title for a little bit, right? And you could bring in, you know, Amanders or something like that to feud with Josh for a little bit. Like the company needs a reset. We need we need a an influx of new talent, an influx of a new storyline, a new direction. And I think it's time to put the impact title on Matt Cardona. I agree. Um, <clears throat> we still got two matches left to uh, to talk about here, though. We have uh, the Knockouts Championship: Jordan Grace versus Masha Slamovich. Who you got? Is this going to main event? I. You know what? I was going to ask the same question. What do you think? I think it is. I think it is too, because I think Josh and Eddie's cold. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that Masha has been a well-built challenger. She's been kept other than that fiasco last week. She's yeah. mostly dominated everybody. Um, uh, you know, Jordan's not really all that over as a baby face, but I think once they get to the pay-per-view, it's going to be mostly hardcore fans. And I think that she'll be over there. Um, I don't and, know. Uh, In Chicago, yeah. she was far and away. Like That's she true. was far and away. Uh, not the I can't call her the heel, but Mia Yim was who the crowd wanted. Like I think this yeah. Jordan Rain has been super cold, and again, that's the booking. Um, yeah, I do think they want. I do think the company wants Masha to have the title reign. I don't know what to where to go from here with her though, because her character is so unknown. Maybe that changes after this though, because she did talk a little bit tonight. So maybe we change, but definitely that title is going to Masha. <clears throat> uh, I disagree. Oh, can, for, brace for debate. I was gonna say, hit the thing. So, <laughs> I, 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 I think, I think Jordan, I think Jordan keeps it, and I think, I think Masha needs a loss. Honestly, like Jordan was saying, like you need to be able to bounce back from a loss. I think Masha needs the loss, um, and I think Masha needs to go full blown heel and and go not the Russian gimmick. I don't think that would really play in today's world, but I yeah. think she needs to go. <laughs> Wait, you know, impact would get crucified if they tried to do Oh, 100%. Like that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that. Yeah, I agree. You can't, you can't really do stuff like that. So, I I think she loses and then um I think I think Masha needs to go full-blown heel um and uh, do do another chase for the title. Okay. Um I disagree. I think okay. that uh, I think they're going to go with Masha and then go with the diff- with a different challenger on top. I think um maybe Mickey. I think Mickey Mickey uh, makes one last run at the title. 
and uh okay. you got the the baby face the the valiant veteran baby face against the unstoppable monster i think that's uh, See, i think that's the direction i figured they were going to build up mickey and jordan for hard to kill um because last year that's when you know Mickey and um, Deanna Praza they headlined mm-hmm. a very good show by the way hard to kill twenty twenty two yes it was yeah no, they, they headlined um, and here's the next match we think might be the main event I don't know I I'm predicting that uh, Grace and Masha go last on this deal I but uh, Josh Alexander versus Eddie Edwards what you thinking Josh it's cold yeah it's yeah. cold I don't know where they I know I don't know where the end I was thinking immediately that that. Alicia would turn and she would go heel because if the kingdom is out, I don't know more can use her as kind of the female. Um, yeah. I don't know. Use their mascot. Cause that's degrading. But I mean, like as like the female part of that, of that stable, if Maria's out, um, yeah. cause if Eddie turns, what do you do with Eddie? Then we, then we, then we're out another main event level heel. And I don't think we have enough right now. Yeah, and then we're back to bland babyface Eddie, and he was. He just, sucks. You know, I don't like babyface Eddie. I much prefer I, this version. Yeah, I I liked him for a while, and I even like I know a lot of people like they miss Noah Gear Eddie. I thought Noah eh. Gear Eddie, the matches were were good, but I thought he was bland. At least whenever they gave him the mohawk and he had the kid, like he there was something interesting about him, and mm-hmm. he was a little bit crazy. I thought there was something interesting about him, and then he kind of slowly turned back into Noah Eddie, except. You know he's wearing dark clothes and um, he's got a mohawk again. You know what I mean? Like he has funny hair now, but he's still Noah Eddie. Mm-hmm. I like the heel turn for Eddie. Me too. Has it been the best heel turn? No, but I think it's been good for Eddie. I don't think um, it's been. I don't think you can blame Eddie for that though. Like they had a, when when I don't know more came in and they built that turn. He was the best heel in the company, and then they did nothing with them. Like yeah. this is why I will not hear the Scott Demore's Booker of the Year garbage because like we had I don't know more when they were super hot and they were losing. Right, when they're at the pinnacle of when this of when that faction was hot, they weren't doing anything. So I think that was I. I mean, I, I, think, it's a bad move. I think taking Eddie away from the heel side takes away one of your best heels. Because what else have we got right now? If we're yeah. both wrong and Matt Cardona is not coming back, what what else is there? Like, who who do we have? No, that's that. That's true. I, I, I just don't see it being a good idea to turn him no. babyface right now. No, so that's move. why, I think Josh, Josh wins it. Um, and Eddie Edwards stays heel. He's got to stay heel. We need him. Yeah, turnalish, turnalish too, because it'll give her career a nice little change of pace. Because I think she could do yeah. the bitchy thing too. I think she could be all right at it. I, 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 I think she could. Okay, everybody. Well, hey, I, you know what? I, I think we were going to, we've gone a little bit long, JD. Um, yeah. So I, I think we're going to go ahead and call it a show for now. No Patreon? What do you, what do you think? I think we have to do a Patreon. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll do some Patreon. Hey, lifeblood, we're the lifeblood. Life, the lifeblood of the. <laughs> okay, all right. So, hey, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, head over to patreoncom slash media. and uh, JD and I are going to keep the conversation going. Peace. <laughs>